0: This is the Drummer's Resource Podcast, session 144, and the quote of the day is from Carl Bard, who said, Though no one can go back and make a brand new start, anyone can start from now and make a brand new ending. You're listening to the Drummer's Resource Podcast, home of in-depth interviews with the world's greatest drummers and industry professionals, information, education, and motivation for drumming and beyond. What's going on, everybody? Nick Ruffini here with another session of the Drummer's Resource Podcast. And this session is brought to you by DW Drums. And as you know, I've been playing DW for years, not only because they make great drums, but because they support and foster drumming initiatives all over the world, much like this podcast. Check them out today at DWDrums.com. This session is also brought to you by Dream Symbols, and I'm sure you've heard of Dream Symbols, but have you heard of their new ignition pack? These are handcrafted symbols priced for the beginner and made for the professionals, and they encourage drummers to start your engines. Be sure to check them out today at DreamSymbols.com. Have you heard of the medium broomstick from ProMark? These things are pretty cool. They're made from actual broomcorn and it's a medium broomcorn, so it's louder than a brush, so it's really great for snappy snare sounds or using on other percussion instruments like the cajon. You should check them out today at promark.com. All right, so I have a bit of important information. I have an announcement um so A few weeks ago, I had Chad Wackerman on the podcast, and what many of you may or may not know is that about three weeks prior to the interview, his wife had passed away after a long battle with cancer. And he has two children, one of them who has special needs and Chad is a touring drummer. So he makes his living on the road and his wife would always watch the kids. And now in order for him to tour and because he has to cover expenses of the funeral and and medical expenses and things like that, he he can't tour and not have 24-7 care at his home for his child with special needs. So DW has actually started a fundraising campaign to raise money for Chad. And this is something that's extremely important to me for numerous reasons. One, because... DW has been so supportive of this podcast and been providing this podcast for all of the listeners for free. And they're going to continue to do so in 2016, which is amazing. Also, you know, obviously Chad was was awesome enough to come on the podcast. And all of these people do this for free. Like all the, the guys that come on the podcast, they do it for free and they share their time. They share their knowledge for drummers out there. And like I said, and DW has been supporting this for so long. And so now this is, My time where I'm going to ask all of you to give back and give back to DW, give back to Chad and donate some money to to this cause. Uh, You can donate as little as, you know, five dollars if you want to. And what I'm going to do, I'll leave a URL in the show notes for this podcast. So if you go to drummersresource.com forward slash session one four four, all the information will be in there. Also, I'll tell you the URL now. It's youcaring.com forward slash Chad Wackerman. So youcaring.com forward slash Chad Wackerman. Like I said, I'll put it in the show notes at drummersresource.com forward slash session one four four. And again, I just encourage you to please, uh, you know, put yourself in, in his shoes and, and just kick in a little bit of bread. It's the holiday season and now's your chance to, to do something good. And I don't, I don't mean to, uh, you know, tug on your heartstrings at all, but this is something that's really, really near and dear to me. And I would really appreciate it if the drummers resource community could come together and, and show some support for for just the cause of, of what all of these drummers are adding to our lives on a daily basis. So thank you for that. And uh, again, you dot com forward slash Chad Wackerman to donate. Also, uh, DW is selling some some drums that are signed by Max Weinberg and signed by um, by Ginger Baker and by Jane's Addiction and stuff. So just check all that stuff out uh, through DW. So let's get into this. Uh, this it, it's not an interview. This is a special edition. And I'm actually I, this is really cool. As you know, I never really talk about technique. I don't talk about, you know, Playing styles, conceptual ideas I do, but I don't necessarily get deep into like actual uh, uh, playing things or lessons or anything like that. But this is something that is really, really important. This is the shuffle. So I have James Gadson. And Tony Bronigal, and they talk about all of the shuffles, the the differences of the shuffles and sort of how they came about and how to play them and all sorts of things. So they're playing all through this as well. And it's hosted by Don Lombardi, and they do this at Drum Channel. Uh, it's, it's a really, really cool session. And the reason why I wanted to bring this special edition to you guys, because the shuffle to me is the most important groove out there. And I, I would be remiss if I didn't talk about the shuffle more So this is my way of sort of opening that door to just get you guys thinking about the shuffle and, and who else to do it, but Tony Bronigal and James Gatson. So without further ado, also, this is a video. So uh, so if you go to drummersresource.com forward slash session 144, you'll also you can watch this whole video as well. So without further ado, let's get into it with Tony Bronigal, James Gadsden, Don Lombardi. This is coming out of a drum jam that they did, and we're going to pick up right there. So enjoy.
1: James I caught a lot of uh's on the bass drum there which I got to ask you about I got some questions too. Tony who has played uh, with so many artists along with James their bios if you check out the uh, bottom of our player page here you can you can look at all of the people they've played with for the younger kids that we have here uh, going back in history a little bit not that far back but a little ways back uh, you've got John Lee Hooker, B.B. King, Etta James, Jimmy Reed, of course, Eric Burton, Bonnie Raitt, I remember Taj Mahal very well. Uh, Won a Grammy, I think, uh, for that one, correct? Um, And so much more, again, I'm just gonna touch on a few of the names. (coughs) Mr. Gatson, uh, probably one of the most recorded drummers in all of R&B history. Um, And you can't just mention a few names with James. He actually did a show here on Drum Channel with us, which is posted. uh, It's one of our on-demand shows. And at the beginning, I went through a list of them with Kurt Buscara, and we just kind of took turns reading back and forth. So check that show out. Those shows are going to get more into the person of James, and uh, Tony's going to come back and do more with us tonight. We're really kind of into the shuffle, but just think about a career that would span over these many decades. Um, of course, the Watts 103rd Street Rhythm Band is where I first became aware of James, um, and I was here back in the day also. Wow. <laughs> uh I Will Survive, and a man who certainly did more than survive through these years. Uh, he's, he's been at the pinnacle and continues to be there uh, of the recording industry. Of course, a song that he did with um, Gloria Gaynor. And the list goes on on. James Brown, Ray Charles, George Duke, Aretha Franklin, Herbie Hancock, The Isley Brothers, Quincy Jones, B.B. King, Gladys Knight and the Piff, Little Richards, Peaches and Herb, Billy Preston, Smokey Robinson, Frank Sinatra, The Supremes, The Spinners, Tina Turner. I think I did a good job there. Here's James Gatson, yeah. Thank you. why don't you guys talk about the, the double shuffle, which is a little bit what you started with,
2: right? Yeah, well, we started there. We started there. Go ahead, James. Yeah. Well, uh, you talk to them.
3: Okay, well, I mean, I, gr- I grew up in Texas, and when I started playing, I mean, I jumped off the deep end. My first professional gig when I was 15, I remember the saxophone player, saxophone player turning around. I was brand new. My first gig I was completely green. And I'd been learning how to play certain rhythms that would... Fit into the style of the rhythm and blues that was going on at the time, some six eights and some uh, the dog beat. Remember the dog? You know, you had to know that beat. Right. But the shuffle was really important, and you swung it or you played it with a back beat or you know. I really got more into the back beat side of it, so I kind of developed my ba- my my double shuffle with a lot of left hand in it and and a lot of different variations on the right hand, and I call it a double shuffle because it's. You're doubling up, basically, with both hands, so. But I'm putting a backbeat on it. And then there are different variations in the bass drum. You can play it like this. Or you can take it to just... And it creates different dynamics when you use them different ways. If you pulse along soft with the, the bass drum, like... Get to the last part, and so you're pushing the band and lifting the band, not unlike the way big band players play with the bass drum. Um, so I, I just developed this thing with the left hand that, f- for me, I, I really feel like you've got to be able to like, to make that double shuffle really pop with the backbeat, which makes it drive better, and then it gives it. This push and pull swing you got to really be able to get the left hand together and I worked for years doing it and uh, I'm still working on it you know it's like a, it's not perfect yet even though I can probably do some things with it you know I've got some facility with it but uh, and it's not real clever it's just it's just it's just a matter of touch you know which I'm sure James is going to hit upon later on in certain things that he does that have to do with just the reflex of the stick and your hand and the wrist and everything and that's basically for me the double shuffle I call it a Texas shuffle, and this is where our discussion begins, <laughs> because we can all call a Texas shuffle, a Chicago shuffle. They're all going to get kind of similar at one point. Um, you, know, you could be in Chicago playing this same shuffle, calling a lump to lump or whatever they call it over there, and uh, and the band leader's going to call that that kind of type of shuffle, and you'll play it, and and they're going to call it a Chicago shuffle that night. So. Basically, my disclaimer, if I can throw it out there, is that I'm living in Los Angeles and on a Friday night at 9 o'clock I'm playing that beat right there that I just played and I call it a Texas shuffle, a double shuffle. Whereas a guy from Louisiana living in Detroit at the same exact time in his band that night could call it a Detroit shuffle or a Chicago shuffle or something else. So it really has a lot to do with where you come up with it. And the regions you played it in, and uh, uh, all of these th- shuffles that we 're going to touch upon tonight, you know are born out of different styles of bands of types of players and and whatever was the trend at the place wherever you were learning to play that
2: that 's pretty well it as far as i 'm concerned, and he says the Texas shuffle, and I will kind of agree with that because the first time that I learned it that I heard it. I was playing with a group called Hank Ballard and the Midnighters. You've probably hmm. never heard of them. I mean, they uh, they had records out in the 50s and the 60s. And uh, they were based out of Texas. And so I had to learn how to play that, you know. <laughs> with the backbeat in it. So I would I would say that's the Texas Shovel.
3: Yeah. At, at one point, you were, uh, years ago, when we spoke about this before, and just our conversations we've been friends for a long time and he's been a mentor of mine though he didn't really know it I mean <laughs> you know, it's like for years I've been watching him and 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 I knew basically what James has done for for many many years and so you know we've had discussions over the years at one point you said that you were counting it in 12
2: were you yeah well I you know f- uh, from you know you heard the shuffle has so many var- var- variations you know we were planning kind of fast the double shuffle Right, you can feel the twelve. You can hear the twelve in inside the board. It's not. A lot of people might play that like that. That would be incorrect. So it has it has to have a. so that's what I was. That's what I was. Well, that
3: about. makes that makes total sense when we talk about kind of when we've had conversations also about the origin of this beat and this groove, and. uh where it came from did it come from west africa when the slaves came over and up the delta and everything i mean somehow it had to by osmosis or whatever it had to creep into the culture you know and when people started playing blues and then and what we called let's just say the birth of the blue shuffle at some point here whether it was in the delta or whether it was in chicago or texas louisiana you know down the south that it comes from a root that you can play what you played to, the, the 12 or a 6 thing, sounds pretty African to me. Right. You right. know what I mean? You could superimpose that in an African song pretty much, you know? It's like...
2: Same way. Right. So you're you're, you're counting right. you're 6... Still, or... You hear the... the... You hear the six within the, you hear the bend of it. Right. And, know, what, so. and what
3: you said, if, if, if you don't, if you, if you imagine that, the, those note, that, that time signature within the time signature and those notes inside it, right. if you imagine right. it and don't play it and leave that space, right. then you give it the right feel as opposed
2: to the strict way that you... Right, as you play it, playing, it's not going to feel relaxed. It's right. not going to relax your body. And that, I think that's what, it kind of had a relaxation that, where people would move to these different things. I think you had mentioned about an uh, Indian group in South Carolina that had entered South Carolina, North Carolina, in C- the C- Carolinas C- it, at, that... that mixed uh, with the slaves. Yeah, they had mixed... You know, the, the
3: Tuscarora Indians had mixed with the, uh, with the African slaves, and, um, and which happened not only there, but in other places. But apparently, in this particular area, a lot of, uh, a lot of great blues and jazz musicians came out of the Tuscarora tribe. And I spoke to, I was working with Taj Mahal and I was asking him questions. And Taj knows a lot of this history and mm-hmm. a lot of what happened when people came over here from, from Africa and whatnot. And the places they went to, the, the diaspora, how it spread around and um, the country and, and the music with it and the cultures and everything. So he mentioned that the Tuscarorares to me one time. And so I looked it up a little bit and I, and I saw some interesting things. But he introduced me to a lady who's a singer by the name of Pura Faye. Okay. And she's a Tuscarora and Indian, but she's half black, half Indian, half African-American, half Indian. And she said that she's, uh, you know, Todd says, talk to poor Faye about the shuffle. So I went to the side and talked to her a little bit about it. She goes, my mother and all of the women in our tribe or back when I was a kid, when they were working or doing anything or walking or going anywhere, they always walked in the shuffle pattern. And they always used, it's like anything they did, they were always, it, it was kind of their little motivation. And they always use a shuffle pattern. I don't know if I'm telling it exactly correctly as she did, but this is what I got from her that she goes, oh yeah, well, I've been doing the shuffle since I was a little kid, you know? So it really, that, that, to me that shows that it really did creep into society and cult. well not society so much later, right. culture through, through, uh, from, from that root when it actually came from the tribal thing, pretty much,
1: so. Okay. Taking a- the, the basic shuffle that you just did, the double shuffle. Uh, maybe touch on the difference between that and the detroit shuffle is there another one we're going to cover
3: well i'll show my detroit shuffle and then and then and then and then i'll remind james of another one we spoke about okay, okay. uh I, I i use an example of uh that marvin Gaye song um
2: how sweet it is to
3: be loved yeah that's you. that's a good one All right that same kind of fill that kind of the fill comes out of it doesn't come out of so that's when I say Detroit Shuffle that's the one that sticks in for me. You would point out another one or maybe a variation that was probably on something like a Supremes thing when they were playing fours. Remember that?
2: Baby Love. You've heard yeah. Boy, well, the shuffle was up here. And uh, the drummer, I think he was from down, I think he was from New Orleans, uh, Benny Benjamin. Benny Benjamin, yeah. Right, so that, you know, you you, you would hear his feels fill. his feels were <laughs> kind of military-wise. So. so the shuffle, he had the military thing in there. You know, know, so that was another, you know, as long as you hear to a degree or, or if you're feeling that, you know, like he had mentioned the Detroit thing and they played it like they played it like this. Or the bass played well it still had the shuffle in it you know but that was another way that they played it back there. And and, and a lot of
3: what uh, people had to play was uh, or drummers had to play had to do with what the bass player played right? or what the band leader was looking for or what the artist was looking for or what the song asked for right. and the reason why we we have to like put a little lid on that and call that Detroit is because it was recorded on so many great hit records over and over and over and over and over and over. I got to give it to them. I got to say, all right, that's your shuffle. You know what I mean? Even though Benny Benjamin's probably from Louisiana. Right, (laughs) that's right. (laughs) You know, and and the bass player was probably from Alabama or someplace like that. But it didn't matter because once it went up the river, it just went up and it spread all over the place. But that's why I call that the Detroit Shuffle, and we've had this discussion before. That I, my side of it is my plate, and his, and his is, you know, adding to that that whole platter, you know, of, of what that shuffle is all about.
2: And, and he probably probably played on both records. So, <laughs>
3: but you know, also heard that Marvin Gaye sometimes played on some of his own records, right. played drums on some of his right. own <laughs> records. He did a, the,
2: uh, I didn't, he didn't do any shuffles though. No. No. But uh, I think Benny might have played on both of these records i'm not sure
3: but you could but, tell also by, by by the fills you could right. uh, you could somewhat tell by the fills right. that it was benny benjamin or that right. other drummer whose name i can't remember who it was late, came in later on but those those fills are so right. you know right. 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 all of these drum fills that came out of this these motown records and people right. we've been doing them since and right. there's probably hundreds of other guys that would just reach out and do those fills because they. Right. they've heard that music played over and over and over especially if they're playing rhythm and blues or whatever
1: so I got to encourage all the students uh, to record themselves because uh, yeah. when you hear these gentlemen play this uh, and you and you see it written out and you go home and you play that beat and then you hear yourself play it and you hear them play it uh, that's where the lesson really is you know you have to really listen to where the feel is and where you're getting it from uh, I think in hearing about the culture, you know, how deep you are steeped into the culture of it, listening to all these other drummers, uh, sure. which is how it came to you. And now you guys are listening to them, how it gets passed on. Yeah. What do you think about uh, the stumble, the Mississippi, and the, and the flat tire? You were kind okay. of kind of <laughs> debating between the two of you. What, what Was what there? <laughs> well, we only debate, I mean, we're going to play it
3: differently because James is going to play it his way. I'm going to play it my way according to his experiences and me according to my experiences. But basically, uh, this again shows you how different it is from city to city or region to region where one band leader would call it a stumble shuffle, which I call it, and the next guy is going to call it a flat tire shuffle. And while we were discussing this earlier, James goes, well, I thought that was a Mississippi shuffle. So, so you know, we, the, the names kind of go all over the place, but the beat is is kind of similar. Uh, the, the, the type of shuffle it is is similar. I first remember hearing it, and the intro of a Bobby Bland song further down, further on up the road, right? That I was along the road, that and batten the right. intros like right. that, and then when it got to the verse, it went and tank. It went to a regular right. sort of shuffle, which uh, at the time I'm not sure who that was playing. I have to look that up. Um, and then I also heard it on T Bone Walker records because he he used that a lot. Right. You can also hear that in in uh, Lewis, uh, Louis Louis. Uh, Louis jordan stuff you know going back even further where they played it and so um for me i recorded that on a few records and one of the records that i recorded on was a taj mahal record uh i think that re- no that one got nominated for a grammy but we did uh the hustle is on with a T bone walker song okay so and that was kind of up but you maybe the tempo has something to do with how what you call it you know maybe this is stuff. <laughs> maybe this is flat
2: tire that's very it, it, I mean I, I'm just
3: yeah. I'm thinking on my feet right now me too or my butt yeah I think so
2: well by the time it got to Kansas City when I got it, it yeah. um, oh, God, they put. boogie woogie Ah. They had a, a, a piano player play with their left hand. Boom, de boom, de boom, de boom, 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 boom. Play the octave. So by the time it got to the Midwest, <laughs> they played a Mississippi shuffle to this. So right, that's how I, my rendition
3: of it. And I heard and I heard it where it's it's actually kind of like a big, almost like a big band swing thing, like. Uh, were you playing were you playing a pingaling like right you know yeah. so it gets more of a big band feel like right. that and then and then you're hitting horn hits you know, if it's right. if there's horns in the band, it's a, it's a big more of a big band style to me the way I look at it like that. Right. But that but that flat tire is just it's undeniable. You know, it can, you can get real gut bucket with it too, and make oh, it yeah. sound really. You can really dumb it down. You know, mm-hmm. make it. Sometimes your fills are born out of what you're already playing right right I mean because you're trying to keep it rolling when you're building dynamics to a point where you want to get to letter B letter C and sometimes your fills come right out of what you're already playing as opposed to oh what rudiment should I come up with now you know well the
2: more the flat tire shuffle or the slope the stumble right when I heard it was had a more of a 6 8 thing in it right Lot to do with it, you know. And you, can still, hear the, you can still hear the 12 in it. You know, so, it, you know, I guess as it got faster, they had to reassemble. You know. <laughs> yeah, retool. Right. Were you playing
1: the ba- the shuffle on the bass drum there too? Chuck the don.
3: Just yesterday, I played on a Harvey Fuqua, Etta James track, uh, "The Way You Love Me." Uh, you've, you've heard this song a hundred times, and and uh, it, it starts out. And then when it gets, and then when it gets the chorus. The wind... So right. it was really cool. It, it incorporated both with the 6.8, right. 12.8. Well, that's 6.8 to me. But And, and then this, the stumble.
1: Playing uh, the, uh, the shuffle on the bass drum, uh, which you're kind of calling the flat tire. Uh, I don't know if Peter Erskine knew that he had a flat tire back in the weather report days, but we looked at a little bit of his lesson yeah. uh, this afternoon. And let's take another look at that again and then comment on... His interpretation of the shuffle. Okay. Let's play that clip. Sure.
2: And if you're playing a really loud shuffle, like with a blues band or something, this works great. It provides just a lot of power and, and drive and 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 a real soulful bottom to things. Um, uh, as I mentioned, the the weather report
1: uh, tune, Birdland. Uh, we did it quite a bit faster than that. Let's see if uh, I can
2: remember that tempo. <coughs> 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 That'll be a fun one to practice. That'll make you real popular around the house.
1: Peter Erskine's uh, masterclass Class uh, here on Drum Channel. Speaking of which, uh, check out all the lessons that we have. Master Classes, Secrets of the pros. I'm gonna get you guys uh, comment on what Peter just played and how you mentioned as it was Playing Tony that it it's kind of a a more modern version that is the same roots of everything we just talked about what do you think about the way he was playing that shuffle and how it related to what you guys are doing now
3: well I mean I I, it's it's not much different I mean you 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 take the shuffle isolated the way he isolated it for you before and afterwards and it's really no different than the basic form of what we're doing here today uh, except that he's uh, his left hand is something I I mentioned you know to pay attention to what he's doing his left hand because that's kind of a little bit of how he's making it his. At the same time, that also fits into that thread about the 12-8 thing that, that, that uh, James was talking about. You know, it's, He's catching some triplets on the, on the rebound there, and they're not really just ghost notes. You know, They actually are pretty much a part of the rhythm. Right. But he's still playing a shuffle all the way through. You know, And if you took that and put a, a big blues band or R&B band over the top of it, he'd be playing that shuffle you know, with that band as well.
1: And I bet a lot of you students here haven't seen Peter with his shirt off playing that hard, right? You think of Peter as more of the cool jazz guy. Yeah. So, take a look at some of those earlier weather report uh, tracks. Well, what, what that—I'm I'm sorry, What that, that, that tells me is that this root of this
3: rhythm, even though we're presenting it in a way that's in, in, involved with music, is a little bit older than the rest of you guys out here. You know, from from where we come from with it. It's still very, very important, and if you don't learn to play these things, you can't really play that kind of music. You can't play rock, you know, all of these, all the, the rock and roll, everything, all the American music came from what was played in the blues, seriously. You know, what what, what they played in, in blues and, and, and some Latin stuff out of Cuba and and the rhythms of New Orleans. Uh, everything came from all those rhythms, you know, and, and nobody's made, other than maybe some fusion stuff that's in odd time signatures and whatnot, or something transformed or uh, you know transcribed whatever from eastern music uh, from the other side of the world in odd time signatures and different uh syncopations all the music that that you and your parents and and we're all we've all grown up on and everybody it, this all those rhythms come from this root here that we're talking about basically
1: james when you did the show with us uh a few months back jim keltner called in and he had mentioned uh, it had been chasing a hi-hat rhythm that you've uh, played all of his life. And I, I think it was a Bill Withers tune. Do you, do you right. remember what that was he was referring right.
2: to? Right, yeah. Uh, you know, we were, we were playing uh, a shuffle. The last, this was the last song on Bill Withers' first album that I did with him. Uh, I, not the Ain't No Sunshine, uh, I can't think of the name of that. Just As I Am was the second album that he did. And the last song was called "Kissing My Love, which was a hit record later on. But it started out as a shuffle. In my love. but the way he phrased it it went into a, like a six bar phrase the way it was undanceable so we had to get something together with that you know and we I think this we had about 15 and you know we didn't have that many minutes to finish the session because they had let him produce his own session which they used to didn't let people do in those days so I had to come up with He was slow, so, so I so I had to say you know, you know so if you can hear the shuffle on the top you know that was what it was called. very cool very cool you chase it down
3: <laughs> pieces of history here huh Tony yeah, yeah well you know and, and, in, and in James case it's it's on a record that you can hear you know what I mean it's like it's so easy to hear all these things he's done it would be
2: much faster. I mean, it would be you know. But you would still hit a shuffle. You would still hit the shuffle. That's great.
1: It's really it's much wider open than a normal sixteenth note tighter shuffle. I right, know right. Yeah, it's like... different
2: from right.
1: swings. It's you know. got a swing. Yeah, yeah right. a swing. almost yeah. jazz symbol rhythm feel right, right. to it. Right, right. Chicago that's, Shuffle is that just uh, terminology as it gets up to Chicago, or is there a different? Can, can we
3: segue into the Pur- Purdy thing? Yeah, let's from do this? That. because that's it's like that's that's really kind of uh, it's it's kind of similar to. There's also a Roseanne shuffle that, that Jeff Procaro made very, very famous on Roseanne. And, and everybody's always tried to figure out how to play that. I, I'm sure Jeff got it from Bernard. And Bernard had that shuffle down before and played it on so many, you know, Aretha Franklin and uh, Steely Dan and, uh, you, know, you know, very important records. And, and when, uh, when I heard Roseanne, I went, wow, Jeff, he really, he really copped that. That uh, pur- Purdy Shuffle, pretty much. He had his own version of it, and it was different, and it was cool, and it was better in a way. But it was, I mean, his version was better for what he did. But it's, it's hard to play that and have control on, that, on, that, on that, tri- that particular groove and have a lot of control over it, especially with the arrangement that Roseanne has with all the hits and everything, you know. But, uh, but I, I just thought it would be better to kind of segue into that because it's, it's, it's in that same kind of family of, 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 a, of a shuffle. Also, era of music as well you know, of rhythm and blues, when that was a kind of a popular thing to do.
1: So as, as music evolved and it got more into rhythm and blues, um, I see a question that we had that, that came in. Uh, when you're playing with various uh, artists, uh, I'm paraphrasing it here, but um, depending on different leaders that you play with, do you adjust the style of shuffle uh, if you're between Jimmy Reed and Etta James or if you're between a shuffle that you did 10 years ago on a shuffle that you're doing on a tune now?
2: Yeah, a lot. Would you? I mean... Yeah, you would definitely, because of the nature of maybe the rhythm, the bass line rhythm, the tempo has a lot to do with yeah. it, and the way that they're phrasing when they're singing. I mean, that's what i Yeah,
3: I, I mean, yeah, and so. also volume is going to have something to do with it. Oh, like, yeah, you definitely know, if you're volume. playing, you know, if you're playing with Jimmy, Jimmy was quiet. He didn't play loud, you know. <laughs> That was your volume with Jimmy, you know. Uh. But then if you played that same song, you know, you play with a louder band, then you would change it a little bit depending on is the guitar player loud or is the band loud or the horns in the band? But if it was a simple little four piece or five piece band or whatever, you could bring the volume down and your attack is gonna be different.
1: So if and the chart says shuffle, that's not telling you a lot. You just got to you got to really figure out where you're going with it. You need to know, you need to have yeah. a sense
3: of what you're supposed right. to be doing, and yeah, you and you of probably of wouldn't be called for that gig if you didn't have a sense that you know James Gadsden was going to play it the right way,
2: you know. Well, you know, music has changed a lot, and uh, it's good that you g- gentlemen, ladies are here tonight to see where this evolved from this shuffle because, like you were saying, it really has a lot to do with. All the other rhythms that you play, you know. I think I did on Steely Dan. I played a shuffle. Oh, be- beautiful world be. da, 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 da. You know. Now that was a different tempo, mm-hmm. and I didn't play that loud. So I mean, you heard it, but you didn't know what from where it came, you know. So, but you notice if you're hearing this and that. The pattern that they right, right played on that. It showed that. It had the shuffle type of thing in it, you know. It moved a certain way. And so if you're and
3: if you're a, a studio musician and you're getting hired to play in the recording studio with people that are writing songs like that and everything, you're not there to show off. You're not there to show people what you have. You're there to make a pulse that 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 fits in with the the the, the, the style of the song and makes the singer sound great and makes the band sound good and play good. You know, you're not there to like be the guy that's like, I nailed it, man. I'm, you know, I'm the cat. You know, it's not about that. It's, it's more of a, a numble team kind of spirit when you're playing in the studio. So James played that there as opposed to, like, hitting the drum hard because that made the track and the melody work really well. Therefore, that band leader or that producer or that arranger goes, well, I want James to play on this because they're gonna, they know what James is going to do, you know. And a lot of times, it kind of an answer to this question is that... Uh, uh, um, this question questions that that's an, that's answering the question that that band leader is gonna hire you because they know you can cop that style in there as opposed to a guy who's hitting hard and playing a lot of notes
1: the last one we have on our list is the sanctified and then I want to get to some questions here okay how did that evolve
3: boy
2: I don't know man
3: I, I it's that's <laughs> this is the shuffle from out of another planet I you know I've asked a bunch of people about where it comes from and, and, and it's it's sanctified because it was played in the church, and so we call I call it sanctified shuffle, and I and I assume that's why it was called sanctified shuffle. And I would imagine that a, a congregation on a Sunday uh, afternoon, it was really when they really wound up playing with this with this particular groove, this is when things are pretty fevered. Well, the first three songs I ever heard it on was uh, Turn On Your Love Light on uh, 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 Bobby Bland. It was Bobby Bland. Uh, John Jabo Starks was the guy that played this, and, and I don't know. He played know, with
2: James Brown.
3: And he played with James Brown later. as well. Right. So he brought a lot of really funky stuff to James, but when he was playing with, um, with Bobby, he came up with this, and it goes, Which is pretty fevered if you think about it. You know what I mean? When you can imagine a whole, you know, church full of people moving to this, and uh, um, that's something that I heard when I was like 15 years old. I went,
2: one day I'll learn how to play it.
1: <laughs> James, you have a version
2: of uh, of that? Uh... No, but I, I I think it came from. Right. Play your thing, and I'll show with a thing. That's where, you know, one of the variations. Jabo did a beautiful job on, you know, bringing it from where it came from. Yeah, yeah. Because people... You know, you can feel it is a two, what we call halftime or a two beat, mm-hmm, you right. know, so... Yeah, it's, it definitely comes out of a two beat. Right. And, so. and
3: it's not a real pure shuffle, but this stuff is all shuffling. Right. Everything's shuffling in there somehow,
1: you know. I notice you really throw the bass drum in there a lot on the end of two. Uh. Ah. Uh, is that kind of uh, it leads into another question. Is that kind of what you're hearing when you're playing? The question is, do you sing along with what you're playing? Do you have like a shuffle clave going in your head if as it were? Not the clave pattern, but I mean Yeah, 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 and
3: and, and if I hear it on the bass or if I hear it in the keyboards or I hear, it, you know, is a part of the arrangement where that that uh that rhythm is 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 indicating you need to go with it or play something to it or play off of it, you know? Uh, yeah, that's I, I would say Once again, it's bass line, you know. If the bass player's playing something that has got that rhythm in it, then you...
2: And then the jazz people said... Just a different variation. You know, just a different variation. You can. Or. And they going Same thing. And you hear the two beat in it. You hear the two beat inside the shuffle. It's like, you know, it's, it's all about the tempo and the song, like he's in the bass line. Right. So it's it yeah. has so many variations, you know.
1: We have a question from uh, Johnny Lee. <laughs> uh... Please describe, I think he knows you, Tony, <laughs> the Wagon Wheel too. Shuffle. The what? Uh, what the broken, broken Wagon Wheel Uh-oh. Shuffle. The Broken Wagon Wheel. Is there a Broken Wagon Wheel? It's pretty <laughs> much, that, that's kind of like the uh, flat the, the tire. tire. It's the same
3: thing, pretty much, yeah. Uh, 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 the Stumble Flat Tire Mississippi right. Shuffle. Johnny says, uh, the Broken Wagon Wheel Shuffle, we have used them. Yes, we have. We've used them often. We've used that, uh, we've used that rhythm before.
1: So it makes sense to me if you have a flat tire and you have a broken wagon wheel, you pretty much got the same thing. Well, right? imagine <laughs> what it's going to, you know. You're not. You're kind of going in that lump, right? Well, exactly, right, right. <laughs> yeah. We have a question from uh, probably a young new drummer, KCC. Uh, what is a ghost note? We've talked about ghost notes. Can you just explain quickly what... what... These are all...
3: These are all ghost notes. That's not a ghost note. Everything else is a ghost note.
2: By him playing on a two and four, everything under that, you know.
3: And there's a lot of those in the Purdy shuffle, and there's a lot of those in Jeff Procaro's version of Roseanne.
1: And there's a degree of technique you have to have in order to do that, which we have lessons on the site uh, in the D.C. Academy by Ralph Humphrey, who shows you how to play accents, keep your fingers closed, keep the stick down, open your fingers, and play those grace notes or, or ghost notes, wow. which, which you guys have, have really perfected. Um, we have another question here from Marcus. Uh, would you gents... Uh, be so kind. It must be English, do you think? Possibly. Uh, <laughs> or very good manners. Is <laughs> to demonstrate the arm-hand-finger technique uh, for playing the fast shuffle uh, as, a, as a push-pull, open-close, or something of the sort. So I think he's talking about just when you're, what James, what you were doing there on the right hand there, how you're getting those 16th notes and the motion of your arm in, in Tony. Well,
2: you, instead of thinking like the 16th note, you got an eight. What is it, a dotted eighth by a 16? Yeah. Compare. You know. So you got. That's the difference. The dotted eighth by the 16. Instead of. That would be the difference. If that's. Is
3: he saying. asking about the technique of doing that? Yeah, How, I think you, more the, the technique? technique of it. Yeah. Like you know, I, I I don't I don't play that. I mean, I'm I'm playing kind of molar, and I. For a while, in Spivak, a con- combination, I don't really teach or prescribe that you have to do one or the other. It's like, I'm, it's like when you go see Dom Familaro; he shows you all of them, and he's figured out the one that works for him, and he says that the one that works best for whatever you're playing at the time is the one you should be playing. You know, and I kind of feel the same way. For a while, I always try to keep this fulcrum here uh, uh, with the, the index finger and the thumb, and now I think it's helped me in a live situation. Uh, to move it to my middle finger, and I think i 'm getting a little bit more durability, endurance, and a little less wear and tear on certain muscles in my arms by bringing it to the middle of my hand. It also helps me with my balance a little bit more, so if i 'm playing quiet, I got quiet, and if i 'm playing I got loud and so first playing fast and keeping the fast. I the, the, the way I was taught with moving my arm and having the lever have rebounds and everything, that's how I'm making it quicker and making it faster.
1: And it reminds me, Jimmy Chapin has, uh, in our Secrets of the Pros session, uh, two great lessons on the molar method. Where you actually hear him talking about when i studied with sanford so you can't get much more authentic than that well but
3: if you watch jim do it it, it'll blow your mind because he does it so so much smoother than anybody i mean he inspired buddy rich to learn how to get you know to learn some of the things that he learned you know before buddy really actually knew some of the stuff that jim was doing jim was like the the father of that i mean i saw jim sat down with at the nam show one year. And Jim had to be—I don't know how old he was. was In the '70s. Yeah, and 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 they had some young players, and and they were all kind of jazz players. They had charts and everything, and he called some songs out he was going to do. And Jim, in his mid-'70s, sits down and calls up the song, and then he counts it off. And and by by the two or three or four of the of the count off the tempo, all the guys were already sweating. It was so fast. (laughs) I'm watching him. I'm just laughing ear to ear because all these young guys were trying to keep up with him. It was so amazing how he transferred that energy and could make it really even and perfect and be so fast.
1: And it has a lot to do with body motions, I think you agree. And that's actually in the DC Academy lessons. The first, I think, 11 or 12 lessons are all just about body motions, before you even get into playing whatever you're playing. Um, I think what we're talking about here is very much lesson-oriented, I would say. And I think there's a really good way to learn. I think you students would agree. If you're seeing somebody else taking a lesson, you can kind of learn a lot from that, because you can see what they're doing wrong, and then you can can add to that. I'd like to bring in a student uh, to actually take a lesson, and I can see all the audience going like white, because I hope you're not going to pick on me, right? Uh, and I'm not, because we have uh, our student in residence, if he would come in and join us now, uh, Quivis, uh, who is wanting to learn a little bit more about the shuffle. And Tony, if you want to uh, kind of hang over there, and James, stay there, and you can, you, you can show him. And, Cobus, come on in, join us here, cool. please. Hey, Cobus. Uh, let's hear it for Cobus. Well, he's going to it
2: One thing we did mention was you have to relax, though, when you're playing oh. these things. You
1: know. Yeah, you, you got to get into
2: relaxed. That, that's the
1: whole thing, yeah. Your lesson is going to be on, let's, let's go with the double shuffle, I think. That's something we talked about that, that you could get into. Have you played shuffles before? Never in my
4: life. But the cool thing is, like watching you guys play and having the conversation that we had, I see almost all the techniques that you use to play the shuffle are techniques that I use to play different things. But I've never used those, te- like the... the ta-ta, 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 ta-ta. Like I use that in kind of the more 4-4... Four, four, kind of fun kind of vibe to do triplets between my two hands and mm. while keeping them open stuff like that but i've never taken those techniques and applied them to the shuffle right so it's kind of the same the
1: same building blocks right. but i just built a different 90 route. million views and you've yet to play a shuffle yeah that's <laughs> <laughs> you've got another 90 my, once you get my into generation. shuffles
4: it's my generation there's another like, 90 so, million coming this up this
1: is so cool though like this is something completely different tony where would you start him I,
3: when for me uh because we started the double shuffle, and to me it's kind of the root of this conversation around everything that we're doing here today. Uh, as I said earlier, for me, when I was young and I had to learn how to play it to really make that double shuffle really kick and be there for the duration of the song and like not let up in the intensity, I had to develop with my left hand. Um, I'll just show you quickly, and I put a rag on here to kind of help mute it a little bit. This is what I think. This is kind of considered a low molar, right here. Oof. All right, you see how low it is, yeah. basically, to get that. So I'm almost even, and possibly end up a little bit below when I finish that back beat.
4: And the first two strokes go up, and the second go uh, uh, down. Uh,
3: uh, 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 uh. The, the hand's going up and to show down him like, him, he yeah, uh uh uh, 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 and then you, you have to look at the cock, this, the cock up, my elbow, how it's going, it's, it's cocking this way, yeah. you know, I'm throwing my elbow out to drop and then down, down, I'm bringing it down here to, to make it back so, all of this movement is helping this without putting a lot of pressure on this, and I'm not <coughs> I'm not yeah. getting tense. But even
4: just doing that, I can feel there's a lot more tension in my arm when I go, oh, instead, yeah. of, instead of kind of using the leverage of my arm.
3: Exactly, because yeah. you're, you're, you're putting all, all the vibrations going to the weakest spot, yeah. which is going to be your wrist. Yeah. And in this case, it, if you distribute the vibration and, you know, to other parts of your arm and your shoulder, I mean... This whole movement here is basically what's going on. So I'm going one, two, three, four. Oh, that's right. One, three,
4: four. One, two, three, four. The
3: reason why this is so important that that intensity cannot go away throughout the whole song, or else you're letting the band down. Yeah. So I say I can. I have to learn. I have to play this left hand so well that it's powerful enough that I've played nothing else but my left hand. One, two, three, four. I could leave the rest out and the band could play just yeah. to that one one hand right there. Yeah. That's why it has to be that um, that's cool. That powerful. So your turn. what's, what's the kick pattern though? Oh, you want to know the kick pattern too? Yeah, well the kick I pattern could the, be I but see well, the right hand just the let's just let's just go let's just go with this. Let's just go to fours, keep it simple. Make and, and match it. Oh, okay. The kick the, the, the ride pattern could be. It, it could be ping a ling So, and then keep the kick drum on on fours. I think I'm going to stick with the... The the double. Matching them, yeah. Well, Matt, start out there because that's the easiest place to feel the pulse. Swing it a little bit more. Yeah, that's the thing. That's what ah, I'm hearing. It's okay. it's, <laughs> that's
4: what I'm hearing. It sounds
1: so Go,
3: Go go go. Go go go. Play it slower. Alright, all right. One more thing. To articulate it so that it has it has a dance to it. That back beat's gotta be in a certain place. It wants to be on the back side of the beat or in the middle of the beat, not on the front of it. So one, two, three, four, to 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 tat to 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 tat to 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 tat to 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 tat so you create a dance. Yeah.
4: But it's difficult at the high tempo to get those, because my left hand is so stupid because I've never really done this motion before. Right. Like those notes wanna be further apart. It's difficult for me to get like the feel right. Well, the of course, tempo, so the like... feel
3: is the most important thing. Exactly. It's not, so I, I'm This is very, This is a very simple pattern. Basically, exactly. right? It's yeah. how you execute it, and I'm showing the convenient way with the up and down thing, so that you can, you're, you have more power, and then it's more convenient <laughs> to do it. But without the feel, it means nothing.
4: Yeah.
2: Just slow down for yeah, play yeah. It a little slower. There you go. There
3: you go. Take it talk. James, we're joining. Us. That's cool. But the other thing you have to admit that you that what they are, can't see or what they probably maybe figured out already is to actually get that really that sweet spot every time.
4: Right? Yeah. Actually. Getting that, that little ghost note right before the I'm sure
3: right. is what kidding it, me.
4: <laughs> right. Because you have to get the whipping motion
3: just right You do you do, yeah. you do. And, and you don't have to play hard if it's, exactly, it's a yeah. one, two, three, four, right. one, two, three, four, with your ghost notes in between, your rebounds. And then the back beat, the most important thing is that the back beat's gotta sit in that spot that is the back beat yeah. of the down beat. For, with the tempo, with the song, where everybody's playing, where everybody's, where everybody's feeling, where the band's going, the pulse of the band, that, that, that. And there can't da. be any
4: hesitation, that's what I'm hearing. Like, right. it needs
3: to be deliberate. Right. Which is, you, you could take for granted that the pattern that we're playing, ah, that's simple, they're just playing a shuffle. Yeah. You know, just But to, to actually have the nuance of it being really commanding in, its, in itself as a, as a part. Yeah. Pretty but good, though. It's Pretty the good.
4: same, thank you. It's the same with the reggae beat that Gil Sharon showed me. It's so simple, the notes are so simple. I can take somebody who can't play drums and probably teach them that pattern in like 15 minutes. Yeah. But the feel is like, takes years. Yeah.
1: I think that's the whole point of the lesson here. The feel is what it's all about for all of you students yeah. that are here. You, yeah, know?
3: you, know, you and, pointed out something really uh, really important and then you said my, my left hand is dumb and stupid. Well we all say that with our weaker hand. Yeah. But you've gotta to get to the point where you do left hand exercises leading with your left hand and so that you get to so open up the neural passages Absolutely. I'm telling my left hand to do this, Yeah. you know, and you can only open those up with some exercises around the drums, yeah. you know. Yeah. I have a few that I do and I show people to do, but but I think, you know, you should really kind of, it's like if you're playing soccer and you're right-footed, the coach is, a smart coach is going to get you to try to s- kick with your left foot as soon as possible. Yeah. They're going to make you kick with your left foot almost all day long until you become good with both feet. Yeah. Well, to do the same as a drummer, you need to work on that left hand so that left hand can actually... It frees everything else up because it yeah. does a lot of different stuff. Then you yeah. know, as opposed to James, what tips
1: would you have for uh, for a uh, uh, new student uh, getting?
2: Just into... relax more and, and I, I you know these rhythms speak and uh, I would just Tony showed you he showed you what it was. I was just slowing down until I got the feel of you know yeah. especially where you get where you get that back. Beat. Slow it down to where you can hear it. You listen, yes. Listen, yeah. listen. You know, just slow it down to where you can listen to. Then you'll be able to play it fast. It feels
4: yeah. so good when you like. It feels good.
2: It's two notes. da right. <laughs> And yeah, just slow it down. You'll it's be so able to do it. You... You'll be able to just slow it down. Yeah. yeah. And you're given You're given the whole. You're giving the meter the, the, the full, uh, one two Full value of the meter, yeah. yeah. Full value of the meter, you know. Yeah. That's basic, right? Yeah. Throw it, it down. I it down.
3: I also suggest that you do it in front of a mirror because it's such a simple that's exercise. A Actually, yeah. a you get yes. in front of a mirror and make right. it look right. After a while, right. you'll look at it and go, wow, I'm, you know, you're going to look kind of weird doing it right. first. But get it to the point where you make it look, do it with your right hand, for example. Yeah. Do it with your right hand and go, oh, that's easy, I'm right-handed, I can do it with my right hand. Okay, make that left hand look like that right hand until yeah. it balances out.
4: While right. I was sitting on the inside, I was kind of mimicking you guys and I saw the difference between my two hands. And I can imagine that really helps to get the fluidity in the leading end and the non-leading. End. Right. Thank that you one. very much. Oh, you're very welcome. Thank I you. Wanna, Thanks. You're going to hear that from my office. I'll.
1: I'll yeah. Absolutely. I want to keep looping that for the next few days. <laughs> yes. Right. <laughs> it right. right. It is all about the feel. Thanks okay. And I think that's the big part of the lesson of, of the day. Really, <clears throat> it's it's not as much as what you play. Although it's fascinating to hear the history of how these beats uh, grew and where right. you put those grace notes right, right. and how it changes it. But it is it is the feel. Uh, and if you guys would play us out here, I would enjoy nothing more. Uh, well, what do you want to do now? Think of something that you might want to get into? You start playing.
2: I don't know. Okay. <laughs> Tony oh. yes, thank you. <laughs> Dave Gadsen, thank you. y'all. Tony Bronico Dave Gatson. Tony
1: Drumchannel.com yes, Join it. us Sign up All right. The best drummers in the world given their time So that you can learn And have a great time too Tony All James right. Thank you again so Thanks, much We'll you, see man. you next time Good night
2: Thanks, All right
0: There you have it. James Gadson, Tony Bronigal talking about the shuffle. I hope that you enjoy that because I really, really love that video, that session. Uh, and who else to, to teach you the shuffle than those guys? Again, if you would like to donate money to Chad Wackerman's, uh, the fund that DW set up, please visit drummersresource.com forward slash session 144 for all of the info. Or just go to youcaring.com forward slash Chad wackerman and again this video was brought to you by drum channel it's a it's a drum channel video so the links to watch the video uh is at drummersresource.com forward slash session 144 as well so this was a whole video series that they did that you can check out just go to drummersresource.com forward slash session 144 and into the next podcast merry christmas for those of you who celebrate and keep drumming i'll be talking to you soon peace